I've done coups, I've done political crises, nature disasters, all that. To do that, you need to know how to tell a story fast and grab it fast. You need to know how to deliver it in the most engaging way. You need to be uh, as competitive as possible. And I would say most importantly, you need to know how to establish a contact. You are now listening to the People of Digital Marketing podcast with your host, Kenny Soto. You just heard a clip from our newest guest, Karen Paykes. Karen is the Chief Brand and Communications Officer at Bright Data and the General Manager at the Bright Initiative. After 14 years of an impressive career as an award-winning BBC News journalist, and she won an Emmy, which is not to be understated, Karen left the field of journalism to pursue marketing senior leadership roles in the B2B tech space. Today, Karen focuses her efforts on expanding the reach and impact of the Bright Initiative, an organization that uses web data to drive change across the globe. This episode is for anyone who is facing imposter syndrome, anyone who is looking to make a big pivot in their career. If you've never had a job as a marketer, but you are interested in shifting from one profession to this amazing industry, to this amazing role, this is the episode for you. If you're interested in learning more, the best thing to do is to keep listening because now we're going to tune in to my conversation with Karen Pekas. Hi, Karen. How are you? Thank you, Kenny, for having me. And I'm great. How are you? I'm doing lovely today and I'm excited to speak to you. I am dabbling in getting my skills up as a journalist, specifically because I work in content marketing now. And your impressive background, both as a marketer, but also as an award-winning BBC News journalist, definitely piqued my interest when I was doing research on you as a guest. And with that said, I want the audience to get more context about you, what you're doing today, but also how you got to where you are today. My first question for you, Karen, is how did you get into the career of digital marketing? Well, um, I have to relate to uh, my previous job as a journalist. And really, uh, the reason I, I basically decided to leave journalism, and it was a very painful uh, decision because journalism really is all-consuming kind of job. Um, and I wanted something that is just, well, maybe not just, but it, dynamic and and active um, as much as you can uh, to be uh, as close to journalism that you can get. Now, at the end of the day, I'm I'm in a high tech company, and I when I moved from journalism to marketing, I chose technology for a reason. And today, um, the reason why I went toward marketing is that as a journalist, you tell stories, you very much a, a focus on target audiences, and you also base your decisions or your decision of what topic you want to cover, how you want to top it. A cover a story or cover a news story based on analysis and data, right? The same goes for marketing. And we're very much a, uh, I would say, a community that is based on insights. So this is why I moved to marketing and to tech a B2B marketing. I find that this is more suitable to my a character to my need of high energy jobs and you know high drive jobs and competitiveness of it all uh, and the dynamic uh, nature of the landscape. 
So that's uh, basically it. If we're talking advice, I would say first and foremost, you know, think about a role that is most suitable to your character, to your speed, to your nature, and that makes it a lot more fun. Pulling on the thread of skills that journalists bring to the table, I want to ask my next question in a way of just diving deeper regarding that. So let's say, for example, I'm a hiring manager and I'm looking to staff up my marketing team. What case would you make for me to hire journalists specifically? What unique skills do journalists bring to the table in the world of marketing? This is a fantastic question. And I actually just hired two journalists to my team. I'll speak from a personal experience. I was a hardcore news journalist, meaning I've done wars, I've done a, a coups, I've done political crises, nature disasters, all that. Um, you know, to do that, it, it takes specific skill set, meaning you need to know how to tell a story fast and grab it fast. You need to know how to deliver it in the most engaging way. You need to be uh, as competitive as possible, right? Because uh, you know, like I would know the rating of a certain program that I was on or that my team was on uh, probably a few hours after it was broadcast. Um, so you need to be as competitive as possible. And, and I would say most importantly, you need to know how to establish a contact because many, many times I was thrown into a story within minutes. Okay, sometimes I would get I would get a phone call in the middle of the night and just grab a plane, go to whatever destination it was, get the story and broadcast it. And I sometimes had probably about 40 minutes to prep it all, meaning getting there, getting the contact, understanding the story, uh, having people interviewed, all that in, in 40 minutes. Imagine that. And the way I was able to do it is because I'm a people's person and I know how to engage people and make them work with me. And I think that's a key thing for marketeer because at the end of the day, we want stories. We want the right kind of messaging. We also want to know what's happening, exactly happening in our market landscape. Um, and the only way to do that is by engaging with your audience. Aaron, I'm going to ask a selfish question, which I know their listeners would be keen on learning too. And, and this is something that I've been actually struggling with for the past three to four weeks as I'm building out my uh, link building strategy. When it comes to making contact and pitching to journalists, in your opinion, what is the ideal pitch versus the unideal pitch? As a former journalist, I would say it, it, it's more or less the same, you know, that it works for marketeers. The cold emails probably less work with you. I would say do your research because the pitches that were successful with me as a journalist were the ones that they actually researched and the things that we've covered uh, that were interesting for us, that were newsworthy. Um, that's a, when it was most successful. For instance, uh, if I'm talking, I'm part of the data domain, uh, right? Our company, what it does, it collects uh, and makes it available, um, a, all things of web data, meaning all web public web data. Uh, now we also acquired a company that does the analysis, but that's early days. 
But basically, this is what we do. So if I'm in the data domain and I want to engage a, a technology reporter, I would try to provide him data or her data that is most, I would say, interesting to their a, to their a, topics that they usually cover. Uh, what happens a lot of times with pitches, especially when I was a journalist and also I used to cover technology as well, where I would get all kinds of new inventions, products, services, which were obviously interesting, but I couldn't sell them to my editor. And at the end of the day, I need to sell it. As a journalist, I need to sell it to my editor. And if I can't make it relevant and, you know, a topic that would attract the audience, a, I, I won't go and sell it. So the interesting part would be that. Secondly, I would suggest to any company to, again, do the research, but identify those key journalists that are covering their area, try to figure out how to establish a meeting with them. And that's with the right kind of pitch, meaning if you're in an event that they're going to the same kind of an event, uh, try to find 10 minutes, DM them, try to find five minutes to see them, um, offer them you know, insight into a story that is more interesting than they think. If you're giving a journalist the first take on a, an interesting kind of angle, they usually would buy. And if it's five minutes meeting, I never said no to that as a former journalist. So that's basically some people are making a similar shift from one profession into marketing. They may have been working adjacent careers or adjacent professions such as journalism um, and or sales even. And now they're making the transition to being a marketer for the first time. What advice would you have for anyone who is shifting their career mid-career? Again, a very good question, and I, I actually spoke about this today, this morning, uh, with a friend of mine. I'll give you an example. I recruited in the past year someone who came from the hotel or the leisure industry. Why did I recruit her? I thought she had the skill set of being a very good marketeer, and I think that's the beauty of marketing. It's it's a uh, you know, anyone can have those skills that did not necessarily need to be familiarized or get themselves familiarized with the lingo, okay? The lingo you can uh, learn. So I saw the skill set and I thought, my God, she can be excellent. Now it's eight months later and she's probably the top employee I have on my team. And this is the beauty of marketing. Marketing is about, first and foremost, the ability a, to engage the ability to analyze your target audience, to hit it really strong, um, to know how to position your brand and really communicate it. And then it, it's about the technology or about the methodology or about even the, the vocab, the right vocab to, to speak in. Now, obviously, when I switch from journalism into marketing, um, I came from nowhere, right? I came from covering floods in Mexico and stuff like that. So um, I very, very quickly turned my storytelling skill set into an advantage and into a, a brand story. And then everything else was much easier. 
And I think that uh, first and foremost, you need to be able to be flexible enough to take your knowledge and adjust it to the new to the new role. Uh, and that's the beauty of marketing because you can't do it. You're not an engineer. You don't need to study a new profession. You can actually, if you have the skill set, you can actually adapt it to and adjust it to your new role. Why do you believe it's better to begin your marketing career at a startup versus in a corporate experience? I did both in my marketing career. And I would say my suggestion and my advice to those starting now in the marketing career is really to go to a startup because in a startup, you do everything. Right. When I started working at Bright Data, we were very little people. We were about, what, 80 people. I was a marketing team of one. I had to do everything. I had to do my research properly, the competitive analysis properly, uh, my messaging, the storytelling, the branding, everything. Okay. The whole thing that the advertising, everything. And I think when you're starting in marketing, That's very good experience because you get exposed to every bit of the business and you learn a lot. Today, we're a much bigger team, obviously. Here, overall, there are about 32, 33 marketeers. Uh, But back then, I think that if I was someone that came from no experience or no marketing experience, I would learn an awful lot. I did learn a lot about the data market and I did understand the business much faster than if I came and worked in a corporate. And at the end of the day, you want to know that you make the impact on the business. And I think this is the best way to do it. How have you leveraged your past failures throughout your career to help you grow? Um, This is, it's probably a cliche what I'm about to say, but um, I think failure is the best way of learning. I failed a lot. I'm not ashamed to say it. I I usually try to fail that it doesn't cost us too much money uh, or doesn't cost the company I work for (laughs) too much money. But I failed as a journalist and I failed as a marketeer plenty of times. And I'm I'm proud of it. Because at the end of the day, you have to try uh, new methods, new things to surprise your audience, right? And to surpass the competitors. And the best way of doing it is just trying. And if you continuously, you know, want to ensure that you don't fail, you, you it will take you too much time and you probably will lose the element of surprise. So I rather move fast. And also, like everybody says, move fast and fail fast. It's very true. Um, I learned a lot from my favorites. For instance, I learned how to research better and faster or how to, uh, or how, for instance, to choose the right platform to make a big move or how to rebrand better and what is most important in the first stage of rebranding and what is less important, uh, things like that. And I've made really probably dozens of mistakes. My next question tees up the transition between what I believe entry level and marketing marketing leader really encapsulates, which is starting your career, really honing in on hard skills. But as you move up and get more responsibility and lead bigger teams, soft skills become more important. 
What hard and soft skills have helped you as a marketing leader today? Thank you for this question. Very good. I think you're absolutely right. Um, first and foremost, when I started off, the most important thing for me was there was a difference between telling a story as a journalist and telling a story as a marketeer. And that's what I try to excel in. And I think that's what that for me, that was the basic of it all, the story and how to tell a tech story in a way or a B2B tech story in a way that is capturing the hearts and the minds of our audience. Then I think that where I learn how to do better is basically use the right kind of messaging um, in every platform. And obviously digital marketing included. Today as an executive, it's true, the soft skills are important. For instance, I can say it here, I'm not the best product marketing that there is, but if I needed to, you know, to be better at, at product marketing, I would, you know, hire the best product marketeer that I can find. Uh, things like that, you need to know how to spot and identify those excellent uh, talents that are around. I try to hire people that are very independent thinkers. I know it's harder sometimes to manage those independent thinkers, but the more diversify your team is, the more ideas you get, the more creativity you're getting. Um, so I try to uh, hire it, you know, really based on talent and not only based on experience, because experience sometimes hides a, a lot of other issues. And when you look only at talent and skill set, that's where you can really excel. So um, I think my first and foremost soft skill I develop is really identifying those a, a shining professionals that you know can lead our team to better results. Speaking of the team, one question that comes up often in conversations in this podcast is, the right approach for building a marketing team? Now, this is a loaded question because one, every single marketing team will be different. Everyone will organize the sub-departments, if you will, differently based on the business objectives, OKRs, and overall framework that the company has for their approach in marketing. But with your specific experiences in mind, I'd love to know how have you thought about building out your marketing team? And what were some of the early challenges you experienced when you started building the team? Hmm. I wish I could say that there was a great strategy behind it, Kenny. Um, and it probably would make me sound a lot smarter. But uh, I'll tell the truth. I never had a strategy for recruiting people and actually building the marketing team. It was all based on a need, an immediate need that I we identified uh, a, based on the market and then addressing it. And I think that, you know, a lot of companies find that you can start with a beautiful strategy and every quarter I prepare my quarterly strategy, but I can tell you, I never, ever follow it to the T. I always change it probably a million times. Um, this is the nature of the industry we live in, you know, the for the tech industry and the data industry in particular is an industry with many shifts and, and probably the most 
dynamic industry at the moment a, a, or the most extensive industry at the moment um, in, in, the, in the pace that they, it's developing. So um, today, when I look at the team, I try, for instance, I'm now working on my 2023 strategy, right? So I'm trying to see the gaps where I'm not addressing and, you know, raised by the sales teams. Um, and I'm trying to fill them out. I also try to predict where, you know, us as a company, as a brand should stand, uh, should be in, in, let's say, three months time, six months time and where I can help. We have to remember that marketing at the end of the day, and I know many of my colleagues don't think that, but I do. At the end of the day, our job is to support the sales efforts. That's predominantly our job. And then our, a, there's a bunch of other roles that we have. But first and foremost, our job is a supportive role. Um, so I try to engage as much as possible with the sales team and see where they will need more help in, let's say, penetrating new markets and so on, and make sure that I'm prepared for that. Karen, I have to add that you're definitely not the first, nor do I believe you will be the last marketing leader on this podcast to say that say say that same sentiment, excuse me, of marketing being in a support role. Because in most cases, and even in my own experience so far as in marketing, I've I can also agree that marketing really is supporting sales to a certain degree, supporting the personal brands of executives and also supporting customer success or customer support, however you would define that role. But my next two questions for you are my last. What are the biggest marketing challenges your team faces this year? Good question. Um, the data of the industry is an industry that is not that old, right? It's fairly new, especially web data, what we do. Um, and it's constantly changing and constantly shifting and constantly new questions are arising, whether it's regulation, um, compliance-related uh, questions and so on and so forth. And you keep needing to, for instance, I, I shift my messaging and revise them probably on a monthly basis, uh, which is quite a lot. Um so I think that this first and foremost, where my team finds it not challenging, but I would say where they need to keep their finger on the pulse is uh, uh, on the shifting landscape. Secondly, as any marketeer, I, you know, the, the idea of being more creative and having new ideas and you know, innovation within marketing, really. It's not, you know, there's a lot of innovation within marketing. And I think um, creativity is key when you want to be a marketeer. Um, so we're always trying to come up with new ways of doing things, new ideas in order to, you know, uh, become more prominent in our landscape when, and tell a more interesting story and uh, engage our audience even further or engage our customers more and more and create more collaboration with them. So that's something that is always a challenge. Um, lastly, I would say is knowing how to choose 
the right angles, right? None of us as marketeers have endless budgets and, you know, limitless resources. Uh, any marketeer will tell you that. Um, I think you need to choose wisely where you want to put uh, most of your budget, where you want to invest. You know, I can send the teams here to dozens and dozens of events every year, and I don't. I select them very carefully because at the end of the day, you want the ROI to be very high. You want the sales team to generate a lot of leads. You want to open doors to many new opportunities, things like that. So, um, yeah, that's always a challenge to select the right avenues for yourself. Karen, my last question for you is hypothetical because time machines do not exist. But if one did and you can go back in time about... 10 years into the past, knowing everything you know today, how would you specifically accelerate the speed of your marketing career? Wow. Um, when I shifted uh, from, when I moved from journalism to marketing, I was very hesitant and very insecure because I thought that the gap between journalism to marketing and and you have to remember that I've done journalism from the age of 19 okay and I and I stopped being a journalism at the age of well 13 years later so I've done journalism for quite a bit and for a very for a leading broadcaster such as the BBC and you know removing myself from that and going into the marketing world was quite a quite a step for me um, and I made some mistakes in the beginning. I was very insecure and I went into very much junior roles, although I advanced myself quite a bit and quite quickly. But what I didn't realize is that the skills that I had and I acquired as a journalist as a journalist are very good for, you know, a very, I would say they're prominent skills. It's a prominent skill set for a marketing. And I didn't leverage them enough. And I just, I would say, if I'm honest with myself, I basically discourage or let other people discourage me and tell me, no, you haven't done marketing for 10 years. Um, you can't go into such roles. You need to do the whole thing. The truth of the matter, and this I would give to advice to anyone, is each case is a case on its own. Um, I learned the hard way not to listen to anyone but myself. Um, and today I, um, I don't let anyone stop me. If I want to do something, I do it back then I did. So if, if I can give advice to those starting their way in marketing, marketing is very much up to your talents and your skills, and then it's up to your knowledge. Um, and I think, um, if you've got the skill set and you've got the talent, then try to, Teach yourself quite a bit of the knowledge and, you know, accelerate as much as you want. Totally agree with everything you just mentioned. And I wanted to quickly add, marketing definitely becomes easier over time as you find what is most fun for you to do every day. And for the most part, I'm not saying that work 100% of the time needs to be fun. But if you can find a channel, a specific function, within the team that you enjoy doing the most, whether that's creating videos or doing podcasts such as this one, then lean into that because the more fun it is, the more you're going to actually want to learn 
the skills required to be successful. Karen, thank you so much for your time today. If anyone wanted to find you online, where can they go to say hi? Um, the best way to find me probably is LinkedIn. So it's Karen, um, Karen K-E-R-E-N. Uh, is is P-A-K-E-N. And feel free to contact me. And Kenya, I fully agree with what you just said. So thank you very much for having me. Thank you. And thank you to you, the listener, for listening to episode 115 of the People Digital Marketing Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe and please rate us on Apple, Spotify, and whatever other apps you're using to listen to this podcast. And as always, I hope everyone has a great week. Bye. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the People Digital Marketing Podcast. On the next episode, episode 116, I will have Samir Balwani on the show. He is the CEO and founder of a media buying agency called Query, Q-R-Y. And in this next episode, we will be talking about how brands can spend their performance marketing budgets wisely. If you are a media buyer, media planner, growth marketer, someone who is living in the world of spreadsheets, trying to find the best placements for their advertising, this is the episode to listen to. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe and tune in next week for my episode with Samir Balwani. Thanks for listening.